Hello and welcome to another episode of the Passion Agenda. My name is Anthony Karuwama. And on today's episode, I sat down with Candice, founder of the Little Litter Project, a not-for-profit organization that has been started to raise awareness uh, about litter and waste management. Candice identified this as a growing issue uh, in, obviously, the community that she is from. And, you know, step by step, clean up by clean up, she's doing her part to remedy this situation. She's been recognized by her local council for her efforts and is continually making strides with her, pro- with her work. Uh, I was fortunate enough to sit down with her and have uh, a conversation that was actually a little bit longer than most of my other podcasts, but it was one that I thoroughly enjoyed and I hope Candice did as well. Um, sit back, relax, and as always, I know this is a conversation that you will enjoy. Like, yeah, you organize these cleanups and stuff, but at the end of the day, you want people to enjoy themselves and learn something, like yeah. take away something from the day. Yeah, and you find like common ground with a yeah. lot of people. Like, you would be surprised how many people throughout my whole, like, in the two years that I've started up Little Litter, how many people, like, I didn't expect I've got, like, reconnected with. Yeah. And, like, as much as I'm not doing this, obviously, but, uh, for yeah. people's, to grab people's attention or for anyone else's benefit, I'm doing mm. it more for myself, doing it more for the community, and doing it more for the environment, obviously. Mm. But um, it was good to be recognised and it was good to get that award. I feel like it kind of showed me or proved to myself that you can definitely take this somewhere. So they had like a couple of trips, like New Zealand, Africa, a couple of trips. But I don't know. I've always like growing up from a young age, ever since I was like six years old, I wanted to become like a zoologist. That was like my my heart, my soul. Everything was Mm. just on zoologist or like a vet. You know what I mean? I loved animals and I just... And just seeing the opportunity to go on a safari and work. And I also love working with children and being involved in the community. And I feel like being involved with Chibobo, the orphanage that they were working at, was just seemed like a really amazing opportunity and something that I wouldn't be able to get. Um, just like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, obviously yeah. you're paying for it and you're for yeah, yourself. But, but the, like, they've created, like, you're the going time, with the school. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going with, like, a group of people from the school. You're, there was, like, a whole, we saw Victoria Falls did a safari. We did... Um, we did the orphanage. Like there was all these things you were doing and just like, I don't know, I couldn't say no to a trip like that. I was just like, it looks too good. And I'm so glad I did it because now I look at it and I'm just like, oh, to organize a trip like that, that's a lot Yeah. in Africa. But to to be included in that community or to, to you know, how it's so it, it was a combination of things, being there at the right place at the right time, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Exactly. And yeah. like, we learned so much, like just staying at the orphanage. It was really sad to see that most of the kids had either like malaria or hepatitis or were exposed to some kind of sickness or some kind of problem. Um, it was really sad and it was really confronting. And like, this is stuff that you usually don't hear about and you only really experience it like firsthand. Yeah. It kind of wakes you up, but it was amazing. Like we really helped out with the um, community. We painted the building and cemented our, one of the buildings we did all this work within the community and to get into that community it's like we had to take a separate flight and we had to take like this bus to get there like it was quite a long journey it's like in the middle of nowhere and so it was really cool to i don't know be involved with that and then to go to a safari was like always on my bucket list so you did it 
Yeah. Did it change you, like that experience to go to an orphanage? Yeah, if anything, like it made me, I don't know, I love working with people and love, as I said, working in a community. And I just feel like that was also something that pushed me to work with environments or work with animals or something like it kind of helped me discover my passion a little bit more as well. Mm. But definitely, yeah, it changed me. And I feel like it changed anyone on that trip. If you ask anyone until today, like what are their, one of their top trips they've done, they would definitely probably say Africa because the way it was organized, the way everything ran and just like the people you meet over there, they're just so humble. Everyone's just so happy. That's one thing I noticed. Mm, Like no matter, they have like nothing and they're just, they're just so appreciative and so happy. Like I've never seen happiness like that before. Mm. And the way they sing and like going to church and just everything over there, like it's just magical. Like when they sing, they don't just, yeah. Like like it's not like our singing in the shower. Like it's singing from the heart and like everyone just harmonizes, but they're not even trying to harmonize. Like it just comes together naturally. But it was beautiful. Like it was definitely a very magical moment. Yeah. And like there's certain songs or like certain things that sometimes trigger these moments. I just sit there and I'm like, oh, it's unreal that I was able to go through something like that. And it moves you, those those experiences. Yeah. And sometimes you don't think that they will. No. And I think that's best. That's the best way to approach any kind of, and I guess, experience or trip or anything like that. It's just kind of be open-minded. Exactly. Go into it, not expecting anything and then just. Yeah. Cause sometimes like you have such high expectations yeah. or such, oh, it's going to be exactly like this. Oh, I've heard stories where this person's gone on a safari, but like, no, every time someone goes on a safari, every time someone goes on a trip, it's a completely different experience. No matter if it's the same safari or the same group of people, like every time will be slightly different. So yeah, it was, I think it was definitely one of the highlights sort of or like one of my best trips that i've ever done mm. and you said that like you, you started to pick up on the environment there yeah and you started to see that exactly. why why like why did you have why did that start to happen why did you start to connect with the environment i don't know i've always kind of had like a low-key um passion for the environment i've definitely become more environmentally conscious over the last couple of years mm-hmm. like i feel like over time um like two years ago if you looked at me I would have been different, but I've definitely become more environmentally conscious when it comes to my decisions or even within the household, like with my family, I'm definitely always at the back of mom. And I'm like, mom, you got to make sure that you say no to those um, produce bags and you got to take my produce bags. Or like, mom, <laughs> please, next time you go and throw out your milk carton, make sure to take off the top of the lid and put that in the rubbish and the carton in the recycle. Like I'm yeah. constantly at the back of my parents. But um, no, it's definitely, it's good. And like, if you look at half of my friends now, which I love them for, um, they will be like, some of them will be like smoking a cigarette, but mm. and instead of just throwing it on the floor as they would, you're conscious. They like see me, not even see me. They just now more <laughs> conscious. They kind of pick it up and they go throw it in the bin. <laughs> it's small things like that, which I love. Like it's really nice to see that I've had some kind of yeah. impact on them, no matter how small it is. Mm. Uh, well, that's it's, that's very important because you know no matter how small it is, it all all adds up at the end of the day. Exactly. And if everyone's doing something small. It will lead to big change. So why why the environment? Why, why did you why did you fall in love with it? Um, I know you had like a low key. Yeah, I've for always a while. enjoyed the outdoors. I've always enjoyed yeah. like um, being near the ocean, being mm. in the middle of the forest. Like I've always really enjoyed those like day trips and hikes we did as like growing mm. up, or even like till today. But I just feel like it's something that we need to protect. And like a lot of us are becoming more environmentally aware through the years, or through initiatives, or programs, or through school or university, like there's small things that we hear or we see every day and it makes us more environmentally, or like, oh, we didn't know that this about the ocean or oh, we didn't know that this is um, not biodegradable and that this goes to landfill. Like there's small things that we pick up, but this is stuff that it's our future. Like at the end of the day, like we've got to protect our earth. We've got to protect our oceans in order for our survival. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just, I just found it amazing. Like I would love to be part of something like that and I'd love to raise awareness and I'd love to work with people and build up this community. Um, yeah. About waste um, management and plastic pollution topics like that. What you're doing like yeah. with the little litter project. Little, little project. So tell me about it. So what is the little litter project? So little litter project mm. is an initiative that I basically be- began like two years ago. I think mm. it's exactly two years in May, mm. um, which is just raising awareness with topics such as waste management, plastic pollution. Um, yeah. Within the community. Yeah. So I just started off on a very like local within the council, pretty much just educating through social media, which I use as my massive platform and doing like group and community cleanups. Yeah. So yeah. It's so def- what is a, what does a, a cleanup look like? So how does that, so there you go. yeah, so I've done like I've done it. I generally do it by myself or with someone else, but yep. I had my one of my really big community cleanups last year in November. Yeah, and I think around forty five people attended. Wow. It was really good. Yeah, That's awesome. I'm super happy to see that. Yeah, and we did it just in um, Abbotsford along the Yarra Trail, and so it pretty much involves. Well, I was lucky enough to get from the so I, I reached out to Clean Up Australia. Because before that, I was using just biodegradable plastic bags. And I was just like, I need something stronger because a lot of the time I'd be picking up glass or picking up heavier objects. And I'm like, I need something more durable and something a bit stronger to be able to hold these kind of items and something larger. So I reached out to Clean Up Australia and I was like, I'm doing this cleanup. Um, Do you recommend any kind of bags to use? Mm. And they were like, oh, we would love to send you a free pack. So they sent me a free pack of like, I think it was 25 bags of these... um, I don't know what the material is. It's like a very thick kind of, it's like a hessian. Okay. You know what I mean? But it breaks down. Yeah. yeah. No, but like, it's good because you can use it. You can just hose it down and reuse it. Oh, it's reusable. Yeah. Oh, they're awesome. reusable. They're amazing. Like oh, yeah. I use them and I just clean them out, um, sort everything out after my uh, my cleanup and I just keep reusing the bags. Yeah. Or like hose them down. But um, yeah, I reached out to the Cleanup Australia and I was like, I'm doing this cleanup. I'd love, um, like, what do you recommend? And they were like, oh, we have these bags and this set, so they sent it through to me. And yeah, so during this cleanup, we used these bags. We had I had a couple of these reaches. It's like a long stick and it has like a claw on it. I've, I've used them before. You've yeah, used yeah. them before? It's fun. Yeah. I enjoy yeah, using it. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. And I just, I bought a whole lot of gloves and I just handed out gloves to everyone. Yep. Because a lot of the time, sometimes smaller items, it's just easier to pick up with your hand. Correct. But um, yeah, it was great. A lot of people, and I feel like once you do a cleanup, yep. you become so like cautious of, of what you're dropping little, on the floor. Yeah, what yeah. you're dropping on the floor. But also like if you're walking on the sidewalk, you all of a sudden pay attention to the cigarette butts. Because like at our cleanup, we were picking up ridiculous amount of cigarette butts. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were like, I didn't even realize that when you look down, like it looks fine from a distance, but once you come closer, there's like 40 cigarette butts just lying on the floor. Mm. And so it definitely made a lot of my friends and a lot of the people that got involved in my cleanup more environmentally cautious mm. and like conscious mm. but yeah it was great we just walked down the trail and i think we got through oh, i don't even know how many bags it would have been maybe like 40 bags of rubbish so we were constantly picking up rubbish and tipping it in the bins mm. obviously a lot of the rubbish was contaminated so we couldn't recycle it if the rubbish is too contaminated sometimes or too dirty you can't recycle it and a lot of the rubbish had been sitting there for a while so it would like um weathered, wet and soggy, wet and yeah. soggy so um, we picked it up and then we would just empty it into the bins that were kind of spread out throughout the reserve or the park. But 
yeah, it was a great day. Um, I think we were there for like two hours. A lot of people attended and a lot of people enjoyed it. Like one thing I was concerned about is like, yeah, you organize these cleanups and stuff, but at the end of the day, you want people to enjoy themselves and learn something, like yeah. take away something from the day. So it was great to see that a lot of people came up to me and they're like, wow, like I didn't realize that I would enjoy something like this or yeah. I didn't realize that there was so much rubbish just hiding because for a lot of the rubbish, we had to like go into the bushes and grab it. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't just lying on the path. But yeah, it was I've definitely actually before all of Corona happened, I had planned another cleanup and had a, lot, a couple lined up, but I had to like postpone them, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, cleanups are a great way to get people involved, the community involved. And also when you're doing it, like a lot of people are walking past and they're like, what's going on? Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I one time did this. Yeah, they're yeah. shocked. This one time I did a cleanup in, oh, I've done a couple of cleanups down near the Coburg, Mary Creek, ah, Mary Creek Lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, beautiful lake. Um, but there's so much rubbish over there when you're walking. You'll be surprised it washes up on the side. So many metal cans, so many even just sad things like syringes and all this rubbish is just washed up on the side. And obviously, like, it's not something that's on the path, so people don't really pay attention. But this one time we went to the Mary Creek Lake and there's this bridge and it's all this mulch, all this sticks and everything had been washed up and kind of blocking where this bridge is. And on top of that, we're sitting about, I don't know how many plastic bottles. It would have been around, I don't even know, like 250 more, like 350 plastic bottles lying here. So they're all washed up and collected with the rains and it was just yeah, sitting there. It was disgusting. And so I went with another girl um, and we cleaned up the whole site uh, before the council actually came. They came after us and they're like, what's going on? But they were able to get rid of all the styrofoam that was kind of underneath the smaller bits because they kind of just got rid of all of it. <laughs> but um, yeah, a lot of people when we were doing it, they were walking past and they're like, thank you so much. And a lot of people were like, what was your page called again? Let us share That's your page. Awesome. Like a lot of people were just so interested to see us doing it. And I feel like with cleaning up and cleanups, it's just making it a norm and making it okay. Mm. Like a lot of people think they're just like, ew, you're like a cleaner. And I'm like, no, mm. we're not. Well, mm. there's a complete difference between me and a cleaner. Like we're raising awareness. We're doing it because we want to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not doing it because I'm getting paid to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're actually but out there doing it, volunteering it. And exactly. Yeah, yeah. And like sometimes it's nice to just volunteer your time and just put that time towards making the environment a bit cleaner and yeah you never know it's a great way to like network or like meet new people you're outdoors you're talking to other people you're picking up rubbish like it's actually as bad as it might sound sometimes no it's like a great way to get the community involved yeah i love that and yeah yeah it just sounds like it, it is a, just a, a great experience i think like you've said you get to go out there you know, connect with people, have conversations with people. While yeah, you're doing and you this. find like common ground with yeah. a lot of people. Like you would be surprised how many people throughout my whole, like in the two years that I've started up Little Litter, how many people like I didn't expect I've got like reconnected with. Yeah. People from like my second year uni class or people from, I don't know, this time I volunteered at Fashion Week. Like, do you know what I mean? Like random people from moments of life that I once was really close with, I kind of reconnected, mm. which was really nice because um, everyone you start to discover that other people are also very passionate about the environment and passionate about it, but just need sometimes a person or need, do you know what I mean? Like a conversation in order to trigger that. Yeah. I, I Look, I totally agree with you. And I think it's one of the reasons why I started the podcast was because, you know, I'm sure that I don't know everyone in their full entirety. And what I mean by that is, 
you know, there's, I'm sure there's elements of you that I don't really know about just yeah. because I haven't had the opportunity to get to know you that know well, you. Yeah, right? Exactly. But you hope that with activities and, and, and opportunities to connect with each other that you, you're giving yourself that, that time to, to get to know somebody a little bit better because exactly. you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd be shocked to know how, how alike you are. Do you know what I mean? Most of the time. Exactly. There's like so much that we have in common with other people. It's more just kind of accessing that or starting up that conversation or sharing that page or yeah, just small things that can kind of trigger those moments, which is, it's really interesting to see that I've created these friendships again or recreated um, old friendships with people that, yeah, have a really strong passion for the litter, for the Little Litter Project or for plastic pollution or waste management and any of those environmental topics. But yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's awesome. Yeah. And I know that you were doing some work with the council. How did you, like, I guess, get involved with that? Like, what was that? How did you reach out? How did they reach out to you? You know, I know that you attended a uh, like a, an agenda launch. Yeah. Uh, I think it was this year or the year before. Yeah. yeah. So How did it happen? So I was actually um, one of the mayors, the previous mayor of Brimbank Council. She recently just stepped down. I started just, it actually just started from me following Little Little on Instagram. I started following following her page on off Little Little Project oh, page yeah. on Instagram. There you go. So I just followed her page and I followed the Brimbank Council page and I was just seeing what she was doing and she was really good. She was a really young mayor and she connected really well with the community. She definitely was pushing for change. She was so proactive and so involved and I think that really caught my attention. Because sometimes when people think I feel like the council has like this very ugly stigma like this bad thing around it where it's a lot of people think it's like old people or it's like um i don't know there's like not much movement or much many things happening within the council but it was great to see someone so young and so proactive kind of as a mayor for my local council so it kind of drew like caught my attention straight away and so i followed her on instagram and i was seeing everything she was doing and i tagged her i tagged the brimbank council a couple of times in my posts and she saw it and she replied and she liked my photos and she was like, great work and then I started things like that. And then I actually got nominated for an award. It was one of the oh, local wow. council awards. Yeah. Congratulations. We, thank you. It was like the sustainability award. Yes. Um, and I got nominated for, I think it was the environment and sustainability. I don't know. They had different topic or different, um, what do you call it? Like titles the, or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. For the awards. And so... I actually heard, um, got nominated for this award and I don't even, I know this is really bad, but I didn't take it seriously. I saw an email about it, but it didn't say anything like you've got the award or congratulations. I just, you thought it was a generic email. Yeah, email. Yeah. Just a generic email. So I kind of just like brush it off. Yeah. Anyway, I'd gotten back from Dubai and there was a couple of days and I was at the gym actually. And I was like, I just got out of the gym and I got this phone call and it was this lady and she's like, Oh, I just wanted to check if you were still attending. And I was like, I was like attending what? And she was just like, I'm so sorry. Like what's in, what's this in regards to like and she was like oh the we are Brimbank award ceremony you've won one of the categories oh. <laughs> and I was like oh, my oh wow. so I've called mom straight away and I'm like mom can you grab my clothes no 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 sorry actually I'll come home <laughs> and I'm like just come out of the gym I'm sweaty well, was on the like, day yeah she, she called you actually on the day she called me on the day like how, she was how, like how it's long? starting in half an hour oh my we'll be able God. to be there and I was like stressing. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, this is a massive opportunity. How could I miss this? Yeah. And they say that good things come when you least expect it, right? Yeah. And so obviously I least expected Absolutely it. Absolutely you did. And so mom, I drove home quickly, changed. And I'm like, mom, get in the car, we're going. And so we drove up to this We Are Brimbank Awards and it was amazing. Like there were so many categories, like 
involved and I was able to meet different people from my um, community and from the council. And then I missed the actual award ceremony where they handed out the awards, unfortunately. Yeah. But at the end, they were taking group photos. So like everyone that had won the awards and stuff. So I went up to the mayor. I approached the mayor because I obviously know how she looks like and yeah. who she is. And I was like, hi, Mayor Lucinda. And I was like, I'm Candace. I run the Little Litter Project. And she was like, oh, Candace. She's like, oh, it's so good to see you. And she handed me the award and we had a short chat. And then we took the photo. So I kind of was able to have that You live the experience. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I feel like even yeah. though I missed out on the award ceremony, I was still able to. So I got my award, which was really amazing. Like I'm still yeah. so, till this day, I'm so, like overwhelmed. That is awesome because especially people of our age are not going out, the majority anyway, are not going out and doing things like this. Yeah. And the fact that you went out and, and you, you know, would, as you should have, yeah. I believe you were shown the recognition that you deserved for what you did. It was nice to be recognized. I'll yeah. say that. Like there's so many times you do things and you're like, no one's no attention. one's watching. Yeah. And like as much as I'm not doing this obviously for, for yeah. people's to grab people's attention or for anyone else's benefit. I'm doing mm. it more for mm. myself, doing it more for the community and doing it more for the environment, obviously. Mm. Mm. But um it was good to be recognized and it was good to grab get that award. I feel like it kind of showed me or proved to myself that you can definitely take this somewhere. You mm. just got to like apply yourself and you just got to work hard. And how beautiful is that? Like it just like, you know, that award's massive, but even if it was something smaller, like just, just that recognition and yeah. just that like, you know. It like, gives you it, a bit of a kick. It gives you a bit of motivation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, I'm on the right path. I'm doing something here and it's, and it's, you know, I'm doing right. So, you know, I'll keep going with it. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. I could not agree more. And I feel like ever since that, like 2019, I have to say was a really good year. It was kind of like nonstop for me. I feel like a lot of things happened for Little Little Project, mm. which kind of, I promised myself even at the start of this year to just say yes to every opportunity that arises. Yeah, I love it. Because one thing I learned in this subject, which which I did in university a while ago, was that sometimes you gotta take sometimes you gotta take opportunities and experiences even if they're not in what you ideally want. Or not even if they're not in your area. Or if you're not ready. Sometimes. If you're not ready. Sometimes you just gotta take it because yeah. you just never know where it's gonna it, it's, lead to. It's it's weird, isn't it? In the sense that, yeah, I Totally agree with that. And I think for me, that's why I really uh, take an approach to my learning uh, in, in a holistic way. Mm. I use that word all the time. Holistic, <laughs> holistic, holistic, right? Yeah. And it's just, yeah, because, you know, in, in whatever avenue that I'm working in and whatever project I'm working on, whether it's marketing, whether it's in supply chain, construction, you'd be surprised at how much you can learn from different areas and different industries exactly. and like bring it into this. Exactly. That's where innovation occurs. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I just feel like, yeah, it's definitely sometimes you need that kick. Sometimes you need that, that recognition or that someone noticing you in order for you to be like, okay, okay, this is what I'm doing. Mm. And mm. I can actually, sometimes I felt like even throughout little, little, when I started, I constantly felt like I needed someone or I needed a team or I needed this or I needed that. I thought yeah. I couldn't do it by myself. And I feel like that kind of showed me, or prove to me that I can do Good. this by myself. Yeah. Because sometimes you think you look at other organizations and corporations or like all these um, initiatives and they have like a team of people and you're just like, can I really do this by myself? But mm. you can. Yeah, absolutely. You, you're you actually so unaware of how capable you are to do things by yourself. You just got to apply yourself and you just got to, yeah, have a go. Because you're not losing anything at the end of the day. You know what I mean? And any experience, anything that you do can... You know that's experience yeah. in whatever shape you put you, you put it in, and like we just said, it'd be interesting. It's interesting how you can apply things from different industries and different sectors. So no matter what you're doing, yeah, that's gonna you can utilize that. You exactly. know that's a learning. That's a learning curve. Exactly. Ah, 
And you'd be surprised how many times you find yourself at a learning curve or you pick up something and you're like, wow, I actually didn't know this about myself. Or I didn't know this about Little Litter. And, oh, I can take it in this direction or I can take it in this direction. And I feel like every time an opportunity presents itself to me or if I get involved in something, I just learn so much more about myself or my potential or Little Litter Project. Yeah. yeah. And a little bit of it is, uh, you know, like I said to you at the start before, before we jumped on the podcast was, like speaking things into existence yeah. more or less. And I think the more it comes to light, like I, I imagine that when you first wrote the name, Little Little Project, it was just like, this is weird. It's like a weird name. And yeah. it's like, and you, you say, you're saying it enough now. Yeah. Like now it's becoming, now, it's, it's actually like, it's something. It's like something. Little, you're, you're speaking that into existence and exactly. it's, it's forming its crust. It's forming it's itself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And like sometimes it just takes that time. Like as I was saying to you before, you're right. Like, it just takes time in order to like kickstart or get these things going. Yeah. Like, as I said, Little Litter started off two years ago. So it's been two years and it started off in the most crazy, bizarre way. Like me just driving back from university and having to see so much rubbish on the side of the freeway. And I would just question it and be like, why is nothing being done about this? I'm like, I'm taking this road every day and I'm seeing the same rubbish here after months. And so I started calling the council and the council were like, this is not our problem. This is Vic Rhodes' problem because this is, this is due to construction and this is the mess they've created or they've left behind. And so I was like, okay. So I called Vic Rhodes and I was like, hey, I've been seeing this rubbish here. I got in contact with the council. What can I do? And they're like, they're like, oh, this is not our problem. This is the council's problem. <laughs> so I was just getting like handballed back and forth back between and these forth. two. And yeah. I was just like, this is disgusting. Like at the end of the day, no one really cares. And so I was like, no, nah, something has to be done. And even though like till today, there's still so much rubbish in that spot. And after me ringing and phoning and so many times and emailing, they put up a sign where the rubbish was don't, don't that litter. says do not litter. Oh, but yeah. do you think they cleaned yeah, up the litter? <laughs> <laughs> you want to see an example, but there's rubbish on the floor. People are going to be like, oh, well, there's rubbish. I'll then it's still. acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that definitely like was a main driver in me creating this initiative and me starting up something because i was like there's no one else really doing this no, in my area no. or my council i was like there's no one else raising awareness no one else um educating people on this topic and it's, it's not really bad like, that's what i'm saying like the fact that you've been recognized for it is great because it's not normal what you're it's doing not. and it's like especially for somebody your age yeah you know what i mean it's like exactly not many people are just willing to like go grab some gloves and start picking up some rubbish or start make an Instagram and talk about how cigarette butts are no, the planet or they're, how they're, they're posting photos of plastic their their tits or their ass <laughs> instead of actually doing something that's exactly. worthwhile to, exactly. to to the world. So And yeah, I've great. always loved like I love Instagram and I love I love photos. Yeah. I've always had a really So do I yeah, yeah like I love looking at photography photos and, and I love yeah, yeah I love photography. So I kind of put my passion for the environment and I know that everyone uses Instagram but like mm. kind of my love for taking photos and I was just like I can really reach out to people even if it's just a hundred people or not even like five people you'd that be surprised I'm... how powerful that is though yeah like, that's all I wanted do you know what I mean like audience and especially the way the world's going now I feel as though you know if we're looking at influences and that whole thing on social media the the focus is is moving away if it, if it hasn't already from those big influences mm. because quite often now everyone knows that they're sellouts they're yeah. not true yeah you're finding now that more of these uh, smaller influencers uh, are getting the market because 
somebody looks at them and says, you haven't been bought out yet. Yeah. I trust your opinion. Like, I, exactly. like, I, I want to know what you're saying and I want to listen. But that, yeah. that, so I think that's good within itself as well. No, 100%. I could not agree more. But yeah, definitely. I feel like, um, like even though that rubbish still hasn't been cleaned up inside the freeway, I feel like this started up this whole new chapter of my life and it started up a whole new project, which at the end of the day, I also did start it up to kind of help me because when it comes to environmental science, you need volunteer work. You need to be putting yourself out there. You need to be involved. It's yeah. not something when it comes to getting a job that you can just, when I remember when I was like looking at undergrad, um, graduate programs and things like that, everyone's like, you need to be having more volunteer hours. You need to be involved within the community. You need to be putting yourself out there. And I was just looking at my resume and I was looking at my, my profile and I was like, I have nothing. Like, yeah, I've done a bit of volunteering at Fashion Week and I've done a bit of volunteering here and there, but nothing that actually connects to what I want to do at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. So that's why I was just like, I need to start something that kind of links these two things in and that, yeah, shows that I'm actually passionate because you can always join an organization. You can always volunteer for an organization, but starting up your own is like showing that you're taking initiative, that you're driven that you're yeah. do you know what I mean and it's hard work I mean like to to be that person that starts it up like you said like you you were doubting yourself at the, at the beginning of it until like you know and but it's just that, that, that to, to keep doing it to to be working in in you know whether it's setting it up in like at times when nobody's watching you yeah cleaning up when nobody's watching, watching you exactly doing those things over and over again until you build a community around you that takes effort that takes effort and I feel like as a society, we're definitely becoming more exposed to um, the environment and the effects. Like, just say, like, Coles and Woolies getting rid of plastic bags. Yeah. Like, slowly things are being introduced um, to these supermarkets, the shopping centres, to, I don't know, just every things that take up a lot of our life. Yeah. And people are finally starting to see how it's impacting the environment or how much it's taking up a landfill and, like, how many how much more life that item or that product could be getting instead of just being sent straight to landfill. Mm, mm. But no, it's definitely slowly all like we're gaining a little bit of momentum and at the same time, still people still need to be educated. I feel like if anything, they need to start implementing more programs and more, I don't know, environmental weeks and things like that into schools. So then where does little litter fall into that category? How do they, how do they get onto those programs? (laughs) So actually last year, um, Last year, I did a talk to a bunch, uh, a class of grade sixes, two classes of grade sixes. Oh, wow. Yeah, which was really cool. Um, we spoke about recycling in Australia. This is when the recycling crisis was going on last year. And it was really interesting to talk to primary school students because they were just so eager and they were so keen to learn about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like looking back on my own educational experience, I feel like I wasn't educated enough on our environmental footprint or recycling or smaller practices like that. No, like, I, I think because we went to the same school, I'm trying to think if there was a class or something that, that taught it. No, I, to be honest, when it comes to environments, the only things I really remember is, or teaching us certain ways, was like in primary school, um, they'd mm. be like, okay, if you pick up three pieces of rubbish off the floor, you can head out to recess. Yeah, that, that was that that was one thing that they they did. Yeah, Do you know that, what I mean? But no, like, I think about it. I think I don't know if that was more or less for the rubbish side of things, or just that the discipline, <laughs> like the habit to the form habit. a habit. It yeah. was to form a habit. Um, 
but yeah that's all i can remember as well yeah that's yeah. all that, like that when i look back that's the only thing i can remember but like schools it's slowly happening because when i went to that grade six when i spoke to that grade six class the teachers were talking to me about how they're implementing programs and how they're talking about three r's like reuse recycle yeah. um reduce to for kids and yeah they were getting definitely more environmentally conscious like when the kids would eat their super dupers or their lunch or whatever they were eating at mm. recess they would have to sit in a certain area before they headed out to the yard so that's mm. minimizing the amount of waste that would be on the yard at the end of the day of course you know what i mean containing it into one area exactly so smaller things like that are sl- and like even waste-free lunches yeah a lot of s- um schools and children now have to have the plastic lunch boxes or like the hard plastic lunch boxes with the little compartments really or yeah like they don't have to but a lot of parents are doing it yeah Mm -hmm. because they're like now you've got to start um stop bringing the plastic packaging or the ziploc bags things like that to reduce single-use items yeah so yeah it's really interesting to see how different schools are like tackling it and how they're taking it on but slowly slowly yeah like i would love to as doing that talk really made me realize that i love talking to kids or would love to educate or um be involved more in the school curriculum yeah but yeah definitely little it is open to school talks that's awesome you, yeah you should you should be you know yeah the, the council should be sending you out sending you out there to do it yeah that'd be such an awesome experience exactly it'd be such a great experience and i feel like um well yeah this all happened last year when or like the recycling crisis was going on in australia so there was a massive every night on the news you'd be hearing about um this recycling problem in Australia and people were a bit more, oh my goodness, our recyclables are going to landfill. Oh my goodness, we've stopped sending our recyclables to China. Now Australia's dealing it. Where's all our rubbish going? Like people were questioning. They're like, what's going on? So I feel like it was really good to be able to talk to those kids because from a young age, it's just good to educate them that, yeah, this is what happens to our recycling. This is what happens to your lunch. That's what happens to your plastic water bottle you used once. And yeah, it was just super interesting to, and at the end of the, when I finished my presentation, a lot of the children were like asking so many questions. It was like overwhelming, but at at the same time, very exciting because they were asking very, like one of the little girls, it was so cute. Mm -hmm. She was like, just like, I know this has nothing to do with environments, but she was like, do you think I can start up my own business the way you did? (laughs) And it was just so cute to like, yeah, like I can relate because I was like, Obviously, once upon a time, I was your age. Yeah. And like, yeah, 100%. You inspired her. Yeah. You so inspired it was great her. to just be able to connect with those kids in that level. Um, I haven't been back to like a school in a while. So yeah, yeah it was it's a great awesome. moment. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So where do you see Little 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 Litter? It's a tongue roller, isn't it? It is definitely a tongue twister. Where do you see Little Litter going? Like, what's your, where, where, where's, where, where, do you, where do you see it? Like, what's your wild dreams? Tell me. Tell me yeah. your wild dreams. Well, I'll definitely love to make it more of like it is a business definitely but i'd love to have it more on like maybe international one day yeah even national just be able to i don't know connect or like move within different um states talk to different schools work with different businesses different organizations collab with other like i've met so many amazing people that are doing ocean cleanups and doing um or like ocean education or beaches and this and that there's just so many other people that are actually doing something similar to me but it all spread out everywhere so be able to like connect with those people or collaborate with them yeah um just be able to like let it grow like it's very small it's very local at the moment and i just feel like there's so much potential and there's so many different ways i can go so just be open to everything like i'm yeah. 
don't really want to you say st- no or yeah. like turn down any opportunity. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, just be able to take it more on a national level. Mm. Um, well, now you've got to count, you know, you've got an account of it. Yeah. Uh, so when, when you do, when you're doing these conversations internationally and I see you, you know, the news, on the news. <laughs> like talking at the UN or something I'll, say, I'll, I'll just send nice. you a DM. I'll send you a DM and be like, Candice, you remember this podcast you did all, these, all those years ago? You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So Humble yourself, Candice. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's awesome. It's, yeah. it's it's good. You know, everyone needs those goals and your goals are in line with helping the world and, and, yeah. and bringing, bringing together, bringing you know, people together, forming community. And, and it's a beautiful thing. I think the, there's more people required in that space. Exactly. Yeah. And it's definitely like, it's definitely an area, environments, which people, like they have to care about because it's some you're living on this land, you're breathing this air, you're drinking this water. Like yeah. you have to care about it. It's something that's affecting your health, your life. Like you need to look after the environment in order for it to look after you. Mm. Like it's kind of like a, mm. yeah, like a 50-50 thing. When did, that, when did that click for you though? Like when did that like? I definitely say, so when I started off my degree, yeah. I just started off with a science degree. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what I was reading. I was always kind of been into like National Geographic usually mm. and definitely always been into like my David Attenborough documentaries. Oh, of course. Yeah. Like Good he's old been David. A, yeah. <laughs> you were telling me before the podcast that he's 94 years old. Yeah, he's crazy. I'm shocked by that. I, I just know. saw a video of him and he just look, he looks perfect. Exactly. He's yeah. so influential and he's just so motivating. But yeah, just constantly watching. Like I'd always sit down and watch. My dad loves watching these documentaries too. So we'd yeah. always watch, sit down together and watch them. And I'd be like, it'd just be amazing it just started off like, oh, it'd be amazing to be a photographer for these or a videographer. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> yeah. And then just because like they use the latest technology, they use the latest camera equipment oh, and like best. the quality. The yeah, like it's best. just crazy. Like I can't even explain like just ants walking on, <laughs> like just every little detail is crazy. Yeah. So I think that kind of really um, got me going when it came to the environmental area. But slowly I feel like when I did my first year of uni, yeah. Um, I saw a, like a major in environmental science and I was like, wow, this looks really interesting. Mm. And I kind of read into it, looked into it and I was like, this is definitely a direction I'd love to take. And it was only like a year, like two years after that where I started up Little Litter, but still like it all just kind of full, like fell into place, mm-hmm. which was amazing. But no, definitely environments was definitely, it's always kind of played a big factor. And I feel like now after doing my degree and after um, being involved with Little Litter, it's all I would want to do and all I want to be involved with. And I feel like the people I've met through it or the connections I've made, my networking, um, the influence I've had on people, the projects I've done, like even just uni assignments that I've done on environments, it's just like, or sustainability has encouraged me to like take this career pathway and go down this track. Like there's only positives coming from it and it's, I feel like there'll always be a scope for it because yeah, as I said, it's our future and yeah, like we need environmental consultants. We need council workers. We need all of this in order to, yeah, like sustain. Life. And that will only grow. The, the need for it will only grow as, as the, the world deteriorates. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And, um, and it is deteriorating. It is deteriorating. Yeah. Like as much as we don't like to admit it, even though I mainly focus in like plastic pollution and waste management, I, yeah, I definitely believe that, yeah, the world is deteriorating and yeah, we definitely need to wake up when it comes to Conserve, um, conserving our environment, our water, our oceans, and things like that. But yeah, absolutely. 
Well, time will tell, I guess. And yeah, time will tell. You know, time will tell that story. And it'd be interesting to see how, you know, in the years ahead, how we look back on the moments and, you know, because some say that the moment's already passed. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, and that could be true and probably is. But like I said to you, you know, even so, you still got to work towards something and, you know, those one percenters, exactly. that, that one piece, of, it all starts with It'll picking st- up that one piece. One piece of rubbish, yeah. Like if yeah. every, if 8 billion people had to pick up one piece of rubbish, imagine the impact it would do. Exactly. Um, it's sad though, because like I feel a lot of people were becoming environmentally conscious, taking their cups to cafes, their coffee cups, yeah. or doing this, doing that, doing that. But I feel like this pandemic Virus. has kind of put us in a situation now where people have reversed all of this hard work that they've put in. Yeah. So now like obviously... Um, restrictions being eased in Australia, which is really good. Fantastic. But um, yeah. we would, at one point, everyone was sitting at home and so they were ordering takeaway food. So all this all is all coming plastic in. And- yeah, this is all coming in single use packaging. And mm. a lot of people are unaware that of how to dispose of these items. So they're eating out of their Chinese takeaway and they're just chucking it straight into the garbage. Like they're not second thinking that if you just had to rinse it out and chuck it into the recycle bin, you could get another life. Yeah. And like there's just, so many through this pandemic i feel like we've gotten messier as a society yeah and i feel like definitely when i've done a couple of cleanups in this time i feel like it's been messier because we're using single-use items like gloves and masks which we literally only use once and when we dispose of yeah correct so it is having a toll on the environment through all this period like it's like a 50 50 thing like yeah because it was uh, not polluting stuff. Yeah, yeah, as like, much yeah pollution's gone down but at the same time that yeah, and now people up. can't go down into a cafe or restaurant or eat. So they're getting takeaway and then they're just like a lot of the time I've seen a lot of takeaway packaging thrown on the footpath or thrown here or there. But yeah, it's sad. So like we were slowly starting to, to make some headway. Yeah, yeah. And then this pandemic kind of threw us That out. happens. You know, life in general, I guess you're going to have those blimps, even though you, you, you may be gaining some momentum, but not to lose heart. It's, you know, yeah, it's all picking it up again and, and, and going for it. I think. It could only add fuel to your fire exactly. to, to show you, obviously, that. And you can use that as, as evidence, really, to say, you know, when we don't use the, you know, um, reusable items, items yeah. you can see what happens. You can see what results. Exactly. You know, and, like, I think a lot of people, like, I know a lot of my friends, they've been, they've realized that when they go to a cafe now, they can't give their takeaway cup because they're not accepting it. So they have to get a disposable or, like, the, not disposable, the um, single-use cups that you get, yeah. takeaway cups. So they're realizing, oh, oh my God, this is actually really bad. Like I've used this a couple of times or people are realizing that. If, 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 I, if I've had four coffees in a week, yeah, that's four cups. that's four cups. That's just gone straight to landfill. Like you can't do anything about it. But yeah, it's definitely like your mentality as well. And I feel like sometimes a lot of the people, when they reply to my stories of like, if I do fun facts or things like that, or this much goes to landfill every year, or Australia's recycling is sitting at this percentage compared to this country's percentage like some people are like wow like i didn't even realize exactly and it starts with awareness yeah like i don't even know myself i was reading a couple of your, your posts and i'm like oh wow really no seriously like yeah it it, it just comes down to awareness, to awareness. exactly yeah. and i feel like it was kind of good australia went through that whole recycling crisis last year because it was definitely a time where recycling was on the media or like there was a spotlight on recycling in australia and how we can improve and how we can move forward as a country we're like such a young country and we have so much potential to 
have better practices and better ways of processing our recycling. We definitely have like the potential to build recycling facilities and process our own recycling instead of sending it to China. Yeah. Um, we just need to, yeah, put that time and money and effort into it. But obviously in the end, it'll be a great result. And we'll, like, if you look at other countries like Sweden and stuff, they have bins for like every little soft plastic, hard plastic, this plastic, that plastic, waste, compost, this, like they have so many bins and they're sorting out that rubbish and they're processing it so well. Yeah. Like we can definitely, they've slowly. It's ingrained into their culture. It's ingrained into their culture. And yes, it will take us time as a country to adapt to it. But I feel like over time, like anything, Mm. like you get a new water bottle and it sometimes takes time for you to get used to it, but you eventually get used to it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You change gyms. It takes you a while to find your way around the gym, but eventually you you know the gym at the back of your hand. Everything just takes time. So, yeah, mm. it's just like how, yeah, like we just need to get used to that time that it would take. But, yeah, definitely I feel like Australia has room for improvement when it comes to our recycling, mm. but we're definitely getting there. And that's the thing. It's just, as long as we're, we're, we're making, you know, movements, and, and obviously we are because you're doing something. So, yeah. you know. We're, we're doing something which which is what matters which is what matters yeah. and i know that like lately they've um added a bin to a lot of councils okay what bin i think it's um i think it's like food remain like food um scraps uh, and things like that compost, yeah like a compost. Like a, yeah like kind of like a compost yeah and so like i've heard a lot of people be like it's crazy how much this actually minimizes our waste like the amount that's now going into our general rubbish has like decreased so much because we don't realize how many food scraps we're throwing in the bin every day, mm. whether that be a banana peel or whether that be like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so yeah, some, sometimes people are like, wow, it's actually created so much more less waste. And now we're not taking out our rubbish as much. And yeah, they kind of just connect the dots. So mm. yeah, it's sometimes good to be able to see people and how they react to it. Obviously sometimes you'll always get your negative people that are like, oh, that's an extra bin on the footpath. Oh, it's an extra now I've got to remember that day that I've got to put out that bin and things like that. But yeah, I feel like sometimes the good overpowers the bad. You know what someone needs to do? And they probably have already, but they need to go out and survey like- Are you giving me ideas? Yeah, giving you ideas. So <laughs> go, go out and survey 200 people, <laughs> Yeah. right? And say, what what is the reason why you don't, um, I guess, uh, get rid of your rubbish the correct way? So like, why don't you recycle? Why don't you- do this why don't you do that yeah. figure out their pain points yeah and then find a solution to those pain find points a solution. yeah yeah it's so true i just feel like sometimes people well it comes down to like basically every reason they're just not educated you should do that you should do a survey yeah i definitely would look yeah I'll i think that's go like a good because then like, especially like just to show the council like you're actually like going out there and gathering facts and evidence actual facts and because that's value. And you know what? In in this world, data is the the new oil. Yeah. So data is worth a lot of money. So you know, in terms of you know doing that, going you know door to door, whether it's a hundred people, two hundred people, whatever it is, yeah, doing that survey would be so powerful. Yeah, hundred percent. I could not agree more. And I feel like it's always good to have facts to support yourself or back yourself up at the end of the day. So correct. Even if it's just like. The couple of streets that are around me, or yeah, my community, or my council. It's not going to be, it's not gonna be across the yeah. world. It can just be right just down like, your doorstep. It still makes a massive difference, and just seeing how people, why people aren't recycling, or why people are just their behaviors. Yeah, because unfortunately, we do that level of analysis when we're trying to sell a product. Mm. Right, we go to the nth degree. We survey, we bring in people, do testing. Yeah, but 
sometimes, but, but with the environment, maybe the same amount of resources or mm. the money towards it isn't there. Isn't there, exactly. So it's, exactly. Uh, it's up to us. It's up to us. It's up to us at the end of the day. Like, yeah. I know I did a post recently about how to recycle. And I know it's such a, like, you think it's, oh, I know this. You just go chuck it in the recycle bin. Mm. But there's a way to it. No, there's a lot of things. And there's a lot of things that our recycling facilities and places don't accept. So they obviously don't accept contaminated waste. And that's the problem with Australia and China. Australia was sending a whole lot of contaminated, dirty recyclables to China. And they were like, we don't want to recycle. We don't so want to process your. So they ended up sending it back to Australia. They send it back. Yeah. So what was that doing to the pollution? And so that was. That was just sitting in warehouses or sitting here, sitting there. It was just, yeah, because Australia's like, what are we going to do with all this waste? All this, it's now waste. You can't recycle it mm. at the end of the day. And that's the problem with Australians. We just need to be educated that we need to clean, we be clean when it comes to our recycling, whether that be washing out that yogurt container or whether it be making sure you put that dirty pizza box into the garbage if it's dirty. Like, don't put it into the recycle bin. Do you know so, what I mean? So how does that work? All right, because I'm coming now from a place of... Um ignorance or naivety mm-hmm. so say for instance i've got a full bin yeah of recycled yeah stuff if, if one thing's contaminated is that like whole like bit, bit, like how, how, it, in, in what allotment because i know obviously that bin gets dumped into a bigger bin yeah and then so like how does that work how do, how do they sift through all that stuff i know like now australia is shifting and they're definitely like moving forward with their recycling so i know that they're definitely putting new um processes into place mm. but definitely contaminated waste can like um like a whole lot and you never know that that batch. one ruin yeah it can ruin a whole batch yeah. and so people don't realize that that's just collecting up in landfill and mm. the more we fill up our landfill like that's terrible yeah. we should be minimizing how much we're actually putting towards landfill and so yeah i think it's just making people aware that yeah not everything gets recycled like i remember one of my friends were joking about shredded paper so shredded paper you can't recycle and like people think really? just yeah people think just that. because it's paper Why? Why it's, it's too small to be processed wow. if you think about it it's tiny it is. Yeah. and that gets stuck in between the machines gets here gets there do you know what i mean yeah i understand now yeah and so a lot of people were like wait hold up that's paper you can recycle yeah. that and i'm just like surprising surprising no, or not you can't yeah so i think it's just small things like that that could change people's oh i didn't know that oh now that's how i do it oh i have to separate this from that and I know sometimes it takes a bit of effort, but hey, it's worthwhile. It is. That one, yeah, milk carton that, well, the coffee cup that you separate the top and the bottom, or that one thing. It compounds. It, it, compounds. it, it compounds, right? And and, and and the same can be said of the, the, the negative behavior. Exactly. It can compound as well. So it can compound. Just, and yeah. Yeah, as a, like we've become super lazy. So everything oh. these days has become packaged in plastic or packaged in styrofoam, things that aren't like, degradable or that can't easily break down mm. so people need to realize that that's just going and sitting in landfill where it's not going to break down it's just going to be sitting there for the rest of its life mm. especially styrofoam styrofoam is like the worst thing that's ever been created that doesn't that can't break down that won't ever break down yeah like it literally sits there and but yet when i work at like this furniture store everything is getting packed up in styrofoam 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 so it's just like as a society like these days you shop online and um everything's coming to us oh, well, even through this pandemic, we've all been shopping online. Everything's coming all to us with plastic stuff. and boxes and this and that. Where's that all though? going after? What's the alternative though, Candice? Uh, well, now, you, do you know that answer? No, well, actually, a lot of companies, well, yeah. a company started up like a biodegradable bag. Okay. 
So there is alternatives to plastic and there is alternatives. Like obviously if you get a cardboard box, recycle it, that gets yeah. another life. Yeah. Um, like glass can constantly keep getting recycled. Of it's course. like no, I think people just need to um, take into consideration the afterlife of product. Yeah. They just think once they throw it in the bin, that it's, that's the end of their problems. But there's definitely so much more that mm. happens after it. Mm. And like important to give items like a second chance and be able to make the most out of something. Like my parents always talk about, I know I'm just rambling a little bit, no. but I know my parents always talk about um, when they're growing up in India um, or even when I went to India recently last year, um, there was like this guy that came around because we were cleaning at my grandma's apartment and there was this guy that came around and he was collecting all old chipped items, right? Or like old items that don't work, like old bowls with chips in it and things like that, that you would you generally just chuck out. He like scrapes it down mm. or like sands it down and then resells it. Like they've got such a good system there and they've grown up with that. Like my parents have grown up with making the most out of something or when they would have a milk bottle or their Coca-Cola bottle, they would go return it and get your 10%, oh, not 10%, 10 cent deposit. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So things like that. They had such a good system in place. Yeah. yeah. And like you would get bread in like paper bags and you'd yeah. go to the supermarket and you'd get it in paper bags. Like it's just crazy how we've become so lazy and so dependent or like reliant on or the cheaper alternative plastic, which is our solution apparently to everything now. Mm. And like we can definitely change. It'll take time, but it's just become such a easy option. It's ingrained quick. now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I mean. I think especially in Western civilization, in Western culture, <clears throat> we're always looking for those quick and easy fixes. Quick and easy fixes. You yeah. know what I mean? And bloody hell, like Amazon, that... <laughs> Where, where where we ordered something that took a couple of weeks to get we want it now we want exactly. it within the week we like within the week. within the week and then you know if you live in america you can get it within a day yeah like like things are just so everything's processed so quickly something that probably it's kind of off topic but maybe it's not because could it be negative towards the environment maybe but the, i've been reading a book uh on ai artificial intelligence Oh, yeah. Um, and it, it, so currently in the world we live in today, we work on a shop, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, shop then deliver model yeah. where it's pretty self-explanatory. You shop, you buy something, it's delivered to you. Yeah. It's going to change. Yeah. Where it's actually going to be a deliver then shop model. So I'll explain what that means. Okay. So, uh, Amazon right now is gathering data at rates that are like crazy. Yeah, um, this is like their peak, I reckon. Yeah, I no, I don't think this is their peak oh, at really? all. No, no, no. Yeah, no. I thought Jeff Bezos was. No, nah, mate, he's, no, he's going to be the first. He, he's worth 180 billion, I think, but he'd be the first trillion dollar man, right? <laughs> What's happening at the moment is um, he's allowing free trade throughout his platform. Yeah. Right. So the ability for somebody to jump on Amazon to sell something, for other brands to sell things on Amazon, mm -hmm. he's incentivizing people to do that and having fairly low rates of commission for Amazon's behalf to use that service because he wants data. His yeah. game, he, his game right now is not about the money. His game is about data. So he's gathering enough data so that he can work out predictive modeling. Okay. So what that means is with that shop and buy model, like I spoke to you about, the shop and deliver to deliver to then shop, there will become a point in time that Amazon will do a weekly run of groceries and they'll deliver it to your door based upon what they think you need. And because they have enough data on population on you, yeah. 
they'll get they'll get to about ninety seven percent accuracy. There'll be three percent. They'll be like, oh, no, I don't need this this week. Yeah. But they're confident enough in their analytics that then they'll have a truck come the next day and it'll pick up everything that's unrequired and take it back to the store. Store. It's crazy because if they did that now, if they did that now, it would be the flip. Like there'd be too much waste and loss and they wouldn't wouldn't be worth it. But it, it will eventually get to a point where they will know what you need before you need it. Before you need it. Before you need it, they'll deliver it to your door. Because how often do you go to a shop and you, you go and you're like, fuck, I forgot something. And then you're like, I'll oh, stop in this little milk bar on the way home. That's not going to happen anymore. That's not going to happen. No, it's finished. Exactly. It's crazy how the times are changing and how like technology yeah. all is like mm. advancing at such a... Mm. But, but it's it's a monopoly. It is. It's a monopoly. And Amazon right now has got all of these things. But say, for instance, like with, with voice uh, and all these kind of stuff, I, so, uh, Amazon, I want, a to- I want toothpaste. Yeah, you'll get the Amazon branded toothpaste because Amazon will have everything. Everything. Underwear, knickers, tissues, yeah. but like Amazon branded products. Mm. So like if I was like these big companies and, and I think Nike pulled off Amazon for that reason because they know what it's going to become, right? It's going to become a monopoly, and I don't know when or, or if uh, the government will intervene, but they have to. Uh, there was they eventually a, will. They eventually will. Yeah. I, I do a lot of research into like like businesses and, and monopolies of that kind, and the 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 one one big one um, back in the day was uh, from a guy called John D. Rockefeller. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. No. So the Rockefeller Plaza or whatever it is in, in, in America is named after him. Yeah. So essentially he was this oil magnate. So he was the, the guy that actually started finding oil and refining oil and pet- it made petrol. Yeah. So his brand was Standard Oil, right? Mm-hmm. Monopoly. So he obviously he gauged prices. He, he was the guy that pretty much handled the whole market until the government got involved. And they said, look, man, you're, you're a monopoly. You gotta, we got to break this up for you. And it was actually in his best interest to do that anyway because he then so so standard oil then broke up into mobile shell like mm. that's what it broke up into exactly. all these little different ones and he actually as part of that agreement he had invested he had an invested interest in all of them so he actually made more money when that so happened money, exactly when they branched when, off. when they branched off yeah. but yeah i think um yeah that's interesting so i i no doubt that's that's the same way if the <laughs> As a government, you you've got to be, you've got to be akin to that. But this is what I fear, and now, now I'm getting now I'm getting a bit like five yeah. G conspiracy guy. Right. No, but no, no, no. But 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 the thing is, the government has no other means of gathering this data, mm. so they're they're relying on Amazon to do that. Exactly. And then and then Amazon's going to sell them that data. Amazon's going to sell it's the government data. Yeah, exactly. Like Google and Amazon are those guys. Those are the two players that, yeah, if you're investing into stocks or anything, I would highly suggest those two. Those two. Amazon and Google are going to be, you think they're expensive now? Oh, in Mate, the next, like. In, in the next, when when they, they control up. the world. It's just the start of it. When they actually control the world, then things will just go haywire. Exactly, 100%. That's so, scary. It's scary. <laughs> it's scary in that sense, but then maybe the, because the, sometimes you look at, uh, a democracy versus like communism. Yeah. And sometimes the ability to affect change in communism is better. Better. Exactly. Because there's one central figure, right? So maybe in that instance, if Jeff Bezos gets enough pressure or wants to really spark up the uh, corporate social responsibility of Amazon yeah. and looks at it in an environmental point of view, then if he says all of our 
all of our packaging has to be biodegradable, then you, then you, the world will be a better place pretty exactly. quickly. So quickly. It just takes like one big organization or one big company to initiate something like that. Yep. And that's just like a domino effect. Once you start that, then every other organization or every other company will kind of be onto it. Well, then all it takes really is for the government to say you can't sell anything without biodegradable. Without biodegradable, yeah. So at the end of the day, it's the government, yeah. It comes down to that at the end of the day. I know, it's scary. But you know what I mean? yeah, it's crazy how fast technology is advancing and how much it's changing and shifting our world. And it's like affecting everything at the end of the day. It's affecting everything. And I think it's just so unpredictable in the sense that you need not worry about it too much because you can't get it right you like you're, you're, yeah. you're, no matter how smart you are or clever you are you can kind of have an idea of where it's going but you're not going to get it 100 percent. 100 percent, exactly so you just need to kind of go along that journey yeah. i think learning what you can and, and just appreciating each day as it comes every month every year because honestly it gets to that point where it's like every month something's new something's new something's come up a different like even just looking at um i know this is going off topic now but going off um the app tiktok how it's kind of taken over. How long did it take for an app like that to just blow up? Like six months. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Know. It's <clears throat> it's crazy. I remember watching Interstellar, and this probably it, it <laughs> plays into your your environmental yeah environmental yeah, theme. <laughs> um, and I remember though it was part of the movie, and they were sitting down just outside with Matthew McConaughey and um, the older actor. I'm not so sure of his name, but the older actor was supposed to re- supposed to represent us now yeah and matthew mcconaughey was like our kids yeah. pretty much or you know yeah and how after like and pretty much that was the turning point where the world went, went to shit yeah and the old guy's like yeah i remember you know back in my day it seems like a new invention was happening every month and like you know every every, every turn yeah it was it's scary <laughs> to think that like is this how we're gonna be like yeah. like like looking back on our lives because you just don't know yeah that's what it is every something is happening something new is happening like pretty much every Every, other day it's crazy there's something coming up some new like phase or trend or this or that or Mm, mm. app or Mm. yeah so you just just moving all so quickly so you never know what it's going to be like in the next year Mm. 20 30 years yeah but which is crazy as 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 uh as my stoic mind comes to play it's just about Focusing on what you can can control. Can control, exactly. That's it, really. And there's so much you can do. Yeah. I feel like people think you're limited or just nah. one person can't do, but there's so much you can do as an individual and nah. there's so much that you control or change, Yeah. even if it's just like in your day-to-day yeah. activity. And I think that's what people just need to like... Focus on. Focus on. Don't get yeah. too distracted by everything else. Don't get distracted by the past or the future or this or that. Just be present. Present. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I could not agree more. But yeah, definitely... Um, Definitely a lot of things in store for myself and definitely hope that being on social media and connecting with people will definitely help me network and little it to evolve into. And it will. Yeah, I have no doubt. I have no doubt it will. You'll, you'll, you're going from strength to strength as it is already. And, you know, things take time. Things gain momentum. And I think as long as you're putting yourself out there, which you obviously are, it was jumping on this podcast today with me. I really appreciate it. And, no you know, it's, it's it, been it, great. Yeah, it's, it's been a good conversation. It's, it's, it's not many times that I can just sit down and talk yeah. about myself or about my organization or things yeah. like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have brief conversations or family members that ask about it or friends or family. Yeah, like 
those quick little conversations but going into depth and deep yeah. going back to like where it began and what influenced you and yeah how you've got to this point is just a whole nother so yeah but how cool is it to have that like that look back yourself about like on like on the journey that you've you've you've, you've, done, you've come from exactly and things that you've done yeah it's crazy. like it's crazy sometimes you think oh have i done enough or like what am i doing with my life or mm. but when you speak it out yeah but when like, you speak wow. it out you're like okay like I see where we are. Yeah. <laughs> I see what we've done. But no, nah, it's good. And I definitely feel like I've learned so much myself. Like people think that um, I'm just educating, but at the same time, I'm educating myself. Like at the end of the day, I'm learning so much about so many different topics. And when it comes to like minimizing our waste, I'm not just talking about plastic water bottles or plastic bags. Like there's so many other things, like even um, electronics or even fashion. Like you'd be crazy how many nowadays it's become so cheap and so accessible fast to just fashion. start up yeah fast fashion that's a huge and that's yeah. one thing that i always like to bring it back to because these days our landfill is sitting with so many old clothes and this and that that have just ideally made out of like cheap polyester texture tie-dyed like all of these kind of materials mm. that it's just so quick to make so cheap when you buy it but you get one or two uses out of it and then it just ends up going straight into the into landfill do you know what i mean Mm. people don't understand the idea of quality these days they don't look at the tag on your top and they say okay it's made out of 100 percent cotton it's made out of 100 percent wool like we live in a materialistic world we do live in a materialistic world and like there's every second brand these days like pretty little thing boohoo all these fast fast fashion fashion yeah is like a massive and i get it like a lot of people want the cheaper alternative i get it but think about how many white t-shirts you're buying in that time where you could just buy one, one, one. Big, yeah, one yeah. big white t-shirt. Yeah. So like it's definitely taught me minimizing my waste and other aspects to looking at it, looking at quality over quantity. quantity yes. And yeah, and looking at all those small little things, whether it be like our electronics, like my laptop when it dies, just not going and throwing it or like it's giving me trouble not to just go throw in the bin or dispose of it. Like, no, you have to go give it into your local council so it can be reused for parts and things like that. Yeah. Like there's so many ways we can help and reduce oh, our so waste I, and be yeah, conscious. See, I didn't even know that you could take it to the council. Yeah. So, but, so that's what I'm saying. It just comes back to people like you going out there and educating and making us aware Yeah, as well. exactly. Like p- people think that once their mobile, mobile phone is gone, yeah. then that's it. Finished. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, throw But it like, out. no, you can go back to Apple, give, give your Apple back. phone. Yeah, yeah, and they will yeah. reuse parts. Mm. A lot of companies are recycling older clothes like a lot of i know a lot of the brands like bonds and i don't even know zara and stuff they're using like they're making clothes out of recycled items whether it be like plastic bottles or even just old clothing do you know what yeah, i mean like they're right. starting up more sustainable Based collections and more mm-hmm. environmentally friendly things made out of bamboo or this and that do you know what i mean like so yeah it's used- interesting to see how we're shifting into a more environmental time but yeah people are still adjusting and people are still getting used to it and some people are still not willing to pay a little bit extra or pay attention to the detail Mm, you know what i mean mm, mm. like i know a lot of my friends before um because i've always kind of i feel like my parents have just taught me to buy quality and to make sure the materials you're buying in your clothes are quality are good and like they're natural kind of materials so Mm. i've been just brought up i'm lucky that they've kind of taught me in that way to always look at the tag and make sure that my jeans aren't just like 100% polyester or to make sure or elastane or things like that to make sure there's like some kind of blend or at least some kind of wool or cotton or natural kind of fibers in there because they're like you can 100% tell the difference when you put it in the wash and then take it out 
than when you go put like 100% polyacetation into the wasp and take it out. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Of course, of course you can. So yeah, I think it's just like, as I said, like I'm still learning and still educating people on matters like that. Mm. So it's not just litter and plastic pollution. There's also a lot of other things that come into like the waste minimization bubble. But yeah, definitely I'm still on this journey myself. I'm still learning a lot about myself as well as um, how to raise awareness, how to connect with people, um, learning about things like, yeah, like fast fashion and other things that have popped up here and there on the media or through social media. But yeah, it's definitely taught me a lot about all of this. That's good. Yeah. Like I, sometimes I get so excited when I learn something. I'm just like, I share it automatically on my page. I'm just like, yeah. I can't believe this is a yeah. fact. Or I can't believe I just like this. I share it on my page. It's beautiful. I but, love it. But yeah, yeah, it's a great way to connect with people. And yeah, at the end of the day, um, education is key because this stuff you don't learn in school, this stuff you don't really learn in university unless you're doing something in that field. So yeah, and it's something that affects us all. And in order to have like a healthy lifestyle, healthy living, we need to take care of our environment and we need to take care of ourselves. Love it. Yeah. I love it. If there's one book that you had to gift somebody. A book. What would it be? Hmm. That's a tough one. Much of a reader? Do you, you read much or not really? No, I do. I do read like here and there. Yeah. Um, I sometimes take long to finish books, but I definitely yeah. do like yeah. reading. A lot of the books I read are like based on like true stories or like. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't have to be related to. Like doesn't have to be related to to the environment. Yeah. Any anything that particularly calls it. Well, out? one of my like role models or one of the people um, that I definitely look up to is Frida Kahlo. Yeah. She's like played a large role in my life when it comes to going against what everyone's doing and kind of being your own person. I love that. Yeah. So I feel like ever since I studied her in like year eleven or year ten, I've come to <clears> like <throat> I read her biography and it sits on my side table. Yeah. And I feel like she just plays a large role when it comes to motivating me or saying she was just totally against everything that was going on. Yeah. She was totally against what people were saying about her. Like she didn't care. She just did her thing. She painted what she wanted to paint and look how, look amazing how she, yeah, look how amazing her and they portray her life. They portray her pain. Yeah. It's unique. She's true to herself. And I feel like it's so important to be true to yourself. Cause even like when there's people like, like, why would you make a career out of picking up rubbish or why would you do this? Or why would you do that? Like it's just important to like, yeah, stay true to yourself and just, Follow what your heart says and your gut says at the end of the day. Well, you want to be like everybody else. Exactly. Fuck and like that. in a, yeah. No. So I feel like one, like her, I love reading biographies. I feel like it's so interesting. Like even Elon Musk's. Did you read it? Um, yeah. My aunt it. had that book in Dubai and I was reading through. I didn't get to finish the whole thing, but I definitely read halfway through. I've it. heard good things about that book. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. He was amazing. Like just how many times he was like, rejected or he failed at something but he just kept like pushing himself and kept trying and trying like it was just in his dad's garage I'm pretty sure he was he just kept attempting and now look at him he just launched his collaboration with SpaceX SpaceX and NASA. yeah, yeah. Like, massive you just never know like it took him years so yeah I definitely love looking at biographies biographies and, yeah yeah true stories because I feel like it's so much more relatable and it's mm. so influential being mm. able to see how people um yeah like how they get places and how sometimes you Re- got to go through the shits in order to end up do you know what i mean mm. i need a um oh, there's a book called uh the third door oh, yeah. by alex benayan okay right and this guy just had a dream to pretty much speak to you know 
the people that had made it, like successful people, pretty yeah. much reverse engineer what they had done. Yeah. And so he started, he, he pretty much said, all right, I'm going to create, a, I think it was a book or something. Um, so I want to go interview all these guys. So his, his main goal was Bill Gates. Yeah, and he had no connections or nobody and and he's just like no I'm gonna get Bill Gates I'm gonna get Bill Gates yeah so he he started interviewing people and then one connection one connection was like this business guy not like a big big guy but he was pretty successful and he's like to him come with me to Europe tomorrow and he's like what he's like yeah I'm going to Europe tomorrow for the week come with me yeah and this was at a point in his life when he was, I think, just in college and he was trying to figure, figure out where he was going and leaving for a week would put a dent into his, you know, his college yeah, exactly. plans and stuff. So, it's it would, so it, spontaneous. Yeah, like there's so many other things they get to yeah. do. So, so, you know, he could have followed, I guess, so, uh, society's social norms and just been like, nah, I'll go to Europe when I can for a holiday. I'm just yeah. going to go to school, right? He's like, no, fuck it, I'll go. So he went, he went there. And then, and then he met one more guy on his trip. He met another guy through that guy on his trip to Europe. Yeah. And then, anyway, long story short, he interviews Bill Gates. Mm. He gets like there. who would have thought? Yeah. And it was just was it through like the networking? That it was through the networking. Yeah. It was through the networking. It was just from one to the next, one to the next, and like and and I think he the, the takeaways that I took from that book was that he was vulnerable with his approach in the yeah. sense that he he didn't lie about where his station was in life yeah uh, and then I guess the struggles that he was going through because I think a lot of us in in, in our journeys we, we we pretend that it's it's all perfect and yeah. it's just like, everything's, like okay. everything's great everything's on it yeah. yeah but he was vulnerable um, and he spoke into existence he did that a lot um yeah i just took a lot of motivation away from it really it's amazing it's amazing like what networking can mean whether this mean like you just like anyone family friends lecturers mentors teachers anyone just finding that common ground having that conversation you just never know where it might land you and like you never know yeah it's like he ended up speaking to bill gates so Yeah. yeah and like how even if it's just like someone working in the council like you can just end up having these conversations that lead you to so much more it's it's so important to like communicate and yeah build those relationships build those friendships with people and and speak truly because because you know you can you can they're like mutually beneficial like at the end of the day you're both getting something out of it whether or not it be a friendship or whether it be an opportunity yeah do you know what i mean correct correct and but i think like i come back to it it's like speaking truly because honestly if you're having a conversation with somebody and you are portraying an image that isn't you the outcomes that you get out of that i guess conversation or relationship might not be the ones that you truly want it's not true so being yourself is so important for several things exactly right um and like you can see your true passions you can see your true self you can see i don't know you can see sometimes how much someone wants something when they're true to themselves correct like if you're putting on this role or you're putting trying to be someone else or trying to put on this face yeah you can sometimes just see straight through it it's really transparent yeah Yeah. whereas in yeah if you're true to yourself you're passionate and you want something someone will be able to see it that reciprocates you feel it you feel that energy you feel feel that energy and quite often it's the people that have that same energy as you you connect with you connect with do you know what i mean and you, you you're on a similar wavelength and yeah, it's just it just works, and it it's just, works. That, it just that, clicks. It just clicks, and I think that you know, 
it might be just the one relationship and then that relationship might grow into three and then four and then five exactly and you have a community then you have people that can actually do something change the world exactly i could not agree more and to be honest like we can do a lot more as a group or like like a group of people than we can obviously by ourselves but Correct. at the same time you can do a lot by yourself that's true that's true but um but yeah no uh, it's crazy like networking yeah. has been one of those things that i've always just whether or not it be like me just working at my casual job and talking to a customer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But valuing those conversations, yeah. not valuing just like writing them off. Yeah. Yeah. Actually speaking about networking, I was, um, this is a funny story. Yeah. Uh, I was serving a customer at work and I don't know if she would actually ever hear this podcast, but it's fine. <laughs> I'll talk about it. Yeah. I was serving a customer at work and. Number one listener. I was talking to her about her house. Um, yep. Cause working at a furniture store and just naturally you have that conversation. And I feel like I just always have the need to, recreate the room or try to sell an item to a customer do you know what i mean yeah so i was having this conversation with her about her house and she was telling me about how she needed some rugs for her daughter's room and i was like wow this is great and she was showing me photos and i was complimenting her shoes and it was just <laughs> really it was a really good energy yeah getting, getting it going, and yeah. then i rolled up these rugs for her got them ready i work at outlet so it's quite like physical so i rolled up the rugs for her kept them ready everything and then i saw she's like oh my husband will come pick them up later and i was like okay and then I waited a little bit and her husband came to her husband walked in and she's like, Oh, my husband's here as, as she was paying. And I looked up and it was Bill Shorten. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, that's crazy. And yeah, this is just an amazing, like a crazy example of like how networking. And I, I had no idea. Like my other staff apparently knew it was her, but I was completely oblivious and I was just doing my thing, having a conversation with her. And yes, now she, she came in a couple of times after and we got on like a name basis and she sent me an email and she's like, if you ever need help with anything. So it's crazy how like that small conversation or even just talking about things like her house blew up to, yeah, her trying to like help me out and her trying to find out about Little Litter and attend my next cleanup and things like that. That's powerful. But yeah, it was definitely, That's powerful. yeah. When like that definitely showed me like you just never know who you might bump into along the way, whether it be at an outlet. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Like it's just crazy and it's just you just gotta be approachable, you just gotta be easy to talk to and you just gotta like Yeah. What it teaches you is that it teaches the world it teaches you that the world isn't as big as you think. No. It's not as big as you think. Yeah. Um and um yeah, you can yeah, you can meet meet somebody you know, yeah around the corner exactly I mean, like i was shocked anyway. i was like is that bill shorten and then yeah. i went to google on the computer just to make sure like i knew what he looked like yeah but yeah. i was like i need to double check just in case i'm seeing things <laughs> so i like googled bill shorten and i'm like oh my god i'm like that means i've been speaking to chloe shorten this whole time yeah that means that's quinton bryce's daughter like just making the connections i was like oh my god this is crazy yeah but yeah it's definitely yeah networking as you said you just massive. never you never know where you'll end up it's massive and um it, it, the book itself titled the third door for a reason because he says you know the the, the first door is for people that are, are all on the journey for six journey to success mm. the first door is for people that have the smarts that are you know scholars and yeah. just so brilliant the second door is for billionaires and trust fund babies and then the third door is for pure hustlers and <laughs> people that are just working day and night tooth and night you know yeah. to the bone well to put. achieve so yeah. I thought that was amazing. Um, and yeah, it was, yeah, it was a really good book. So I, I recommend it. hundred percent. I'll definitely get onto yeah. it. Yeah. I feel like at this point, anything, like, I feel like anything I read these days just motivates me and drives me more to yeah. be a better version of myself. So yeah. definitely. And I feel like books do like in, in, in a world that's so noisy, books center you. 
Yeah. Because you get lost in the world of reading that book. And, exactly. And it just brings you back to kind of yourself. Exactly. Back I feel to that. reality. <laughs> no, actually not a reality. Yeah, not a reality. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's somewhere else. But yeah. But um, yeah. If you... If you had a billboard, right, and it was like one of the major streets in Melbourne, oh, right, or or in the city, <laughs> uh, or like or anywhere, anywhere really, what would you put on it? What would you put on it? So it could be something that speaks to Candace uh, and her connection with other human beings. It could be something that speaks to Candace and her views on the environment and yeah. wanting to promote that. Yeah. Probably going to be the case. So, so then, so what would be something that you put on there? Something simple maybe or crazy? I don't know, but a billboard for that. I don't know. Like I always, when I look at billboards, I always like something that's really simple and stand out. I feel like it's the most effective way to get a message across. Correct. Um, I feel like it's the one that always catches my eye. Like if I'm driving down the freeway and I see a billboard, I just love when it's like, just a quote or something really simple because you're driving or like you're walking and you're not even really meant to be paying attention. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So I feel like I would just have like a really simple like quote or a statement or yeah. something that would just make people think mm. or like mm. make people question what they're doing. Mm. Yeah, but it would just be something obviously environmentally based. Don't, but Don't drop it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at every cigarette, uh, every smoker. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like it would just be something to the point, straightforward, get the message across. Yeah. And yeah, because at the end of the day, you don't want something that's too busy. Yeah. Or something that we'll get distracted. Yeah. yeah. You just want something that people will actually be like, make people stop for a second and think. You know what I mean? So yeah, that was actually a really good question. That was really tough. Mm. I never actually mm. pictured my face on a billboard, but mm. now mm. I'm slowly thinking, starting to. Do I look good? How, which, which angle should I do it? You know? <laughs> yeah, now I'm definitely like thinking about it. But uh, yeah, I think it would just be like a quote, a statement, yeah. something. I like it. Yeah. I've got to come up with a like a now really good yeah. catchphrase You can shoot or something. them through to me. And, uh, yeah. yeah, you got me thinking. This is going to have me up at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Candice, it was awesome chatting with you. Thank you so much, Anthony. It's such a great opportunity. I really no appreciate it. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Passion Agenda. I am absolutely loving these conversations and taking something away from all of these different perspectives. It's, uh, it really is opening up my mind to the possibilities in this world, but also how amazing people are and what they are doing. Uh, Candice, prime example of that. Somebody at such a young age, in her early 20s, is passionate about the community that she lives in, passionate about the environment. I'm really fortunate to be surrounded by these people and have these conversations. Um, they motivate me to, to, to be better as an individual and uh, I really do enjoy it. When I started this podcast, I set out with the intention to interview 52 people within uh, the year, 52 different individuals with the hope of you know, ascertaining uh, a little bit more of a holistic view on the world, trying to interview from different industries, different sectors, um, from people within the corporate sector, health, uh, entrepreneurs, the, the lot, the kit caboodle. Uh, and as this podcast evolves and as we reach, uh, I believe to be our 17th episode, 
I'm feeling that I am getting that return on, on, on that knowledge and I'm really excited by that and super excited for the remainder of the podcasts to come. I cannot wait to, to, to go through them. If you know anyone or think that I should reach out to anyone for a, a podcast, please let me know. Leave me a, a message. Uh, you can reach me at The Passion Agenda on Facebook or Instagram. Or alternatively, uh, my email, which is anthony at thepassionagenda.com.au. Send me a message. Uh, it doesn't have to be about this, but uh, reach out to me. I'd love to connect with you and listen to what you've got going on or uh, some cool tips or insight that you have. That would be fantastic. Be sure to share, uh, uh, like, follow Candice's page, The Little Litter Project, also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, she provides some really good insight, information, tips around cleaning, uh, some that I've, I was nowhere near aware of that I'm, I'm picking out at the moment and really getting some good insight. I'm more conscious now uh, about my rubbish. Uh, not to say that I was throwing rubbish on the floor every single day, but uh, I think it's just about uh, you know managing that waste properly, uh, you know, from garbage to recycling, being aware, having the understanding, and ultimately doing the right thing to help the environment and our community. I want to say once again, Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcast, podcast. There you go. That's an error. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to edit it because I'm not perfect. Um, and nor should you be. Learn from your mistakes. Until next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.